Hello and welcome to the debug log number 94. This week we have a rapid fire roundup episode, which is an episode type where we get a bunch of stories from around the interwebs all about the game industry, you know, the consumer and dev facing sides of it. And we talk about it. This week we have some interesting stories about from little ones like Monument Valley becoming a movie. I spoiled that to Unreal versus Unity sort of news to no Man's Sky, possible redemption, things like that. Things, topics actually we've hit on before, but we've had some interesting stories in the past few months that have gained, have given us new perspective on some of those. So, as always, it's a fun to talk about these things. We have a great conversation. So, without further ado, this is the Debug Log, episode 94. Yeah. Half games built on Unity. I, I saw that, yeah. So, is it just like projects started, or... I think they talk about the games that are out there, like for sale. That's nuts. I mean, I could read the article. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I could guess just like a... read it, I guess. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was, I'm just like, no, you know what? Somebody else can read it for me and then tell me. I like that. Idea. You're listening to the Debug Log, a podcast about game development. My name's Andrew Curry. My name is Zach Schneider. And I'm Ryan Kilgore. And we're back with a end of the summer. I guess it's, yeah, it's end of the summer. Rapid Getting fire there. round of Yeah, so since we've all been busy this summer and we had episodes <laughs> one of the best things it's been pretty busy summer news wise though. Um, just things going on and we we still we we talked about the stuff from E3 in our lost E3 episode that you can find somewhere hopefully, but <laughs> since then there's been some real stories and real just interesting things that come up, um, and I, I just know every time we don't do an episode for like a couple months I get I collect a, a list of these things and as this week when we've been trying to schedule this recording more have come up so we're just gonna have to get them in the future but today we thought we'd just talk about what's going on these things. Yeah. Yeah, we're rolling up on a lot of industry news now. So yeah, because now we're getting into the big uh, fall season. This is where the makes all their money. <laughs> the companies. Um, yeah, people strangling each other for the money too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So the first one I think is a very interesting one, just based on you know just industry stuff and the the whole story of Microsoft and Sony in this generation and from last generation where Microsoft was kind of one and now you know the whole drama with them and. But PS4 has hands down been you know, I forgot what they have. They've sold so many copies of, of PS4s or, I mean, of units, and they even just had their 500 million edition of all PlayStation machines, right? Did you see that? The PS4 oh, I'm sorry. Pro Special Edition. Oh, yeah, the, like, million. blue translucent yeah. one? Yeah. yeah, it's kind of neat looking, yeah. I think everything else is the same about it. It just looks really cool, right? Yeah. So, anyway, so Microsoft has been doing some interesting things. They kind of first introduced and said they were going to do this idea of this kind of half generation with the Xbox One X before even PS4 Pro was announced, right? And that's mm-hmm. kind of... See, they're behind, so now they have to try different things. And they're doing a lot of cool stuff. Um, you know, they have stuff from like that um, accessible controller thing to those elite controller things to uh, Game Pass, which is like a netflix kind of subscription service. They've been doing a bunch of these cool things that should be there but they're also doing it because they have to do it or try to 
Yeah, and this is this is something I've always liked about Microsoft and why I usually buy an Xbox first, is they'll play with these sort of other media ideas, I mean, and not just focus on the games, which is, I think, why a lot of times people really like PlayStation is because they're probably more primarily game-focused, but Microsoft be like, hey, and it doesn't always work, like, hey, let's try out, like, TV shows and things like that. Well, we never heard of that again, but, you know, things like this with Game Pass I'm actively, actively using, I think it's cool that, hey, here's, for $10 a month, here's a game I may have never walked out and touched, but I can download and have a few hours of fun with it, you know, multiple times a night with different games, and, you know, hey, it, it kind of works, I think. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm glad they're experimenting. Yeah, and they've been doing that, and even the Game Pass is cool because it's like the Netflix, but even they're doing, like, with all of their first-party things, that'll really hit its test when it's like Gears of War and the Halo Infinity or whatever comes out, when you're like, right. oh, they said that all first-party stuff is going to be on there for free. Like, just, I was like, that's pretty cool, so we'll see when that actually happens. They don't have huge first-party stuff now, although... No, they get, like, what's... Like Sea of Thieves, uh, State of Decay. Yeah, yeah they had Forza. Um, not first party, but they recently added Doom within the past month or so. So that's Doom twenty sixteen. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's- yeah. So I mean, the, that shows that they're getting like big titles. It's not going to be like, hey, what's that niche game that some people play? It's like, no, that was a pretty blockbuster game. So right. Well, <laughs> we haven't even talked about what the story is. We buried the lead. The, what they're doing now, what they're going to try to do, and they said it's for a limited time. But it could just be an experiment and something for the future for the next generation. Is that that Game Pass? They're doing this thing called an All Access Pass, I guess, which includes mm-hmm. a Game Pass, right? Xbox Live. Yep. So those are already mm-hmm. now like sixty bucks a year plus the ten bucks a month, so you're hundred and eighty bucks a year. I guess, yeah. yeah. Um, but also a console, an Xbox One S or an Xbox One X. So the Xbox for that whole package, it's either twenty two bucks a month for the One S and thirty five dollars a month for the One X with all that mm-hmm. stuff, and and you have to do a two year, twenty four month term agreement, mm-hmm. but that's sort of interesting, I think. Like it, it is very interesting to have that model, you know, because the, that makes it more accessible to people. You know, it's right. like because not everyone can drop, you know, oh, what is that? It's going to be three, four, five hundred dollars when it first comes out. Yeah, I'll just throw that at it and like kind of run with it. Um, it also kind of lets you test out the platform to see if you like it. You know, if you don't want it, you just give it back to them and say, I'm walking away maybe after a couple months. So you've only lost maybe at most $70 or something like that. And I mean, then I, one nice thing I think they also did with this was I was reading that those prices uh, are basically, if you don't miss a payment in that like two year cycle, you've basically owned the console or paid for everything at no interest. So it's not right. like they're trying to like chip away at you well, for a few extra bucks. And that's the I thing. Mean, Usually layaway plans or things like this are like, well, in the end, this will be way more. Like, mm-hmm. you, like yeah, if you buy a $500 thing, you actually paid $800 over time with interest and stuff. But this, it's actually cheaper. They say the One S yeah. one is $130 cheaper, and the One X one, they're like, it's only about $20 cheaper if you just bought it outright and then pay for the services for that amount of time. But it's like, still, it's like, n- there's no payment plan in the world where you could end up right? any bit cheaper. <laughs> so they're yeah. not really trying to, yeah, they're just trying to make it easier. They're really just trying to get the barrier of entry. It's like, hey, I yeah, don't but- have this 800 bucks right now, <laughs> but I have 35 bucks a month I can start you know. Right, and that that gets them in their ecosystem. So if you can like just get them on board as a user and get sort of that gravity to keep them there, you know, I already got this or you know whatever. I mean that greatly behooves them. And 
you know, I, I kind of wonder, like, say in 2020 or whenever the next generation comes out, like, are are they going to keep this model and say, like, hey, maybe we onboard more people real early with this model with the new console, and that way everyone's like, wait a minute, I can have this out of the gate for, like, $35, $40 for the first month's down payment and then just keep rolling with that. Now you may just suck in a ton more people out of the gate and, that, you know, there's your player base. They're sitting right there paying $40 a month. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes, I mean, that's what we do for phones anyway. That's what everybody does with their phones. I mean, now, especially since, you know, we don't have subsidies, but you just pay a certain extra month a month for your phone, you know, like, yeah, because people feel a lot differently about the new phone when the iPhone comes out. Like, they had to pay a thousand. I mean, some people do do this, but I don't, or they pay a thousand bucks up front for that. I was like, yikes. I do that. Yep. <laughs> it, but it always feels like this pain. I've done it before, and you're just like, I just like, I'll just add it to this thing, and then I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, like, I just, I don't like. Yeah, it's a personal preference because I mean, it's like I just don't like any sort of debt. So I'm like, here, that's mine now. Leave me alone. Speaking you know? of which, right. I just paid off my phone. So yeah, nice. <laughs> and now it's gonna break. Feels yeah, good. Now man. I'm gonna yeah. drop it <laughs> into the toilet. It goes. <laughs> so anyway, so that's cool. We'll see how that goes. Um, I forgot. The one catch of this, it might be the most prohibitive, is that you have to go into a Microsoft store to set this up. And Oh, yeah, and you need, like, the Dell credit or something like that? Yeah, I know, like, one or two here in Atlanta, so I don't know. <laughs> it's like, if you're out wherever. Yeah, it, that, that's a, a little store. unfortunate. Yeah, because that, that's a pinch point right there. But, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. All right, moving on. We also, in industry news, we got the NVIDIA's rollout of their announcement of their new cards, the 2080s, the TI. Ooh. Did you see that? That was pretty... The um, new hotness, yeah. I, the first thing I saw before I even saw the real version was that crazy version. It looks like, like a weird Trump version, like a casino version. <laughs> Did you see that? It's like Wait, a special what? edition. I can't, I can't even find it. We were looking at it at work, but it's like that card. But it's all like white. Is it tw- the twenty eighty? It's just like some snazzy special yeah, edition. Yeah, it's like all white and gold and stuff, and it looks like this little casino readout Let's on the see side if I can of find it. it. But um, yeah, there's been kind of a mixed response from this because a lot of these things are like they're looking at the comparisons for some of this stuff, and they're like, because this card is like twelve hundred dollars, right? Off the bat. Oh, uh, does it go that high for twelve hundred? It might, 20, I guess, for that t- tippy top end. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Well, it says a yeah. No, it is twelve hundred. Yeah, RTX. Start oh, whoa! Hold on. Founders Edition is like nineteen hundred. I think. Well, let me let me pull up some actual prices here instead of lying. Uh, um, but the big thing in this is some people are like, well, I don't know if it's that big a difference if you already have a ten eighty now or you know ten seventy. But the big difference is it's like they, this one introduces ray tracing. Like for mm. real, in it real, real time, time ray tracing. Yeah, yeah, and if you you can say what you want, but go watch the the demonstration of that ray tracing they did at their Nvidia little conference, or whatever. It looks amazing. It really does. Like, it, oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I mean, it 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 really is amazing, and it's. I feel like it's one of those things where this is going to be a. I mean, it's definitely a cusp technology where a transitional one, I guess, is a better term for it because, you know, it's almost like 4K. It's like that's great, but until devs start like utilizing that, right. and there's enough market share for them, it's like a chicken and the egg. It's like, hey, do we have enough people with a 20 series card that we can take advantage of real time ray tracing? Because now some of your lighting models get a whole hell of a lot prettier, but you know, unless there's enough market share to make you spend your time on that you know are they going to do it I'm sure they are I mean it seems like NVIDIA is committed to this technology um, 
And hell, even if you don't use it for ray tracing, I'm sure somebody will find out like a way to like leverage AI or something like that. I mean, it's you know, generally speaking, it's just good at this type of math, and you could right. probably leverage it for other types of math. So. Yeah, and that's the thing too. They and they're like kind of going into this because when you look, I guess it it's a bigger, bigger difference. But like just this straight up. This is not just like this huge power turnout over was there before, mm-hmm. but it's just kind of this, you know, different types of um, functionality over just raw power that sometimes we've had. Because I remember yeah. when we went to the 1080s and stuff, there was a lot of difference between like, it was such an evolution, even from the, because yeah, cause it the was like power consumption and stuff, right? Yeah, because didn't they almost, they did something crazy where they had some, I mean, oh God, what was it? It was like 50 plus percent like power boost like they could yeah, do that much that's more what I mean, because like at like nine. half the at like half the uh, energy consumption it's like whoa that's impressive and this is also impressive but like it's just not, like you said it's not that leap it's like if i play any of my games i currently have on these 2080s i mean it'll be better higher fps but it's not going to be like really that much better to play current games on yeah i mean it's, if you're playing it's for anything above those 10 you know 70 or even my I have a 1060 and if you're doing 1080p gaming it does everything at 60 like a lot of ones at ultra yeah so you know it's teach their own but this is pretty cool so all the gearheads we'll see how that ray tracing yep. stuff goes in the future I bet it would help out no man's sky more man that thing eats up so much process oh yeah it does <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah it like, chugs. love that game but yeah it, it's like you look at it and you're like, oh, what? 37? I got a 1070 and all this stuff in here and it's getting chewed on. Well, let's talk about that. I'd had it at the end of the thing. That's a good segue. <laughs> because we have yeah. No Man's Sky was something that had. It's weird because now it's. <laughs> even two weeks from when I wrote this outline, it feels like now it's just disappeared completely because we got Spider Man and Destiny Forsaken thing out. All these other games oh, yeah. that come out now. It just got swallowed up again. But. That's the big thing what happened this year is that they finally they put out their big patch in July or is it August? Yeah, it was July. In July. What the two point patch? Yeah, or? I think it's mm-hmm. um where it's called Next, the Next Patch or whatever. Um and it and it also came to Xbox One as well. Because it's mm-hmm. just been PS4 exclusive and PC. But they basically just added, kept going, you know, because it famously came out a year ago, a year and a half ago, right? And it came out, and we all got it and liked it. And it's like, this is all right. And we've talked about the controversy in here before. And this guy's got death threats and all these other things and all this That's craziness. That's ridiculous, yeah. But. <laughs> but they made a lot of money. They sold a bunch of copies, so they could still keep... I mean, they're not, you know, they're multimillionaires from the stuff they made off it. But they just kept going at it, working at it, getting it done, and... To all extents and purposes, the whole point of this is that, oh, this is the game. That's the, the general consensus from a lot of people. Now, there's still you know people, oh, I don't like this or this and that. But that's a different issue. <laughs> but to, a lot of people feel satisfied now. And I wonder what you guys think, too. Cause you probably might have played, I know Zach has played a lot more than I have of it. Because yeah. I've dealt with, you know, messed with it. But does this feel like the game that, we weren't pissed that this is the game that was promised before. We were just surprised that it was kind of light before. But does this feel like a big improvement? It does. I really haven't gotten too much into the story aspect of it. But as far as like the features and being able to play with other people, like I was able to jump right in and play with Ryan um, pretty darn easily. And then even when he wasn't on, I was able to travel to his planet where he had his base set up. Was, I mean, it was really cool. It's just, you know, it's still kind of like, why am I doing this again? Yeah. Yeah. 
It uh no yeah I I feel like we we got the game that was kind of hinted at yeah. versus what we actually got a year ago and like there there's still I mean, with a game like this I feel like there'll always be this sort of these nagging loose ends with it because it it does a lot well like you know I I like that there's all these new camera modes and you know that we can do multiplayer together and I feel like they've they've streamlined some of the systems a little more but but then there's also so much but then they added so much more that they don't tell you about it's like I'm. It's kind of fun because I'm constantly discovering, but I'm like, oh, shit, you can do that? But nobody told me, you know? <laughs> it's like, if I had known that, I would have been doing that for the last two hours instead of this. And, and um, you know, I don't know. It's like, I I think they've made some huge leaps with this one, and I've really enjoyed it. Um, and I'm kind of looking forward to them maybe even, you know, the next revisions are going to come out with. I feel like I need to maybe start over just to maybe check out the story because I didn't do much of that. We we kind of like Zach and I just kind of picked up our old characters. We're like, well, we already got a bunch of stuff on them. Let's sort of play with those guys since you know they've got new, better ships and you know they're already kind of established in the universe. It just it seems hard to like reset that type of thing. Yeah, I restarted. I mean, I only played like two or three yeah. hours, but I did restart, and it was it is a different. Because I just wanted to see from game design's perspective, you know, how it was. Because I remember last time it was, took a while. And this one is interesting. Like, it feels better and felt. There's a lot of cool stuff going on. There's just a weirdness with... I mean, that's just the problem with, you know, the random generation stuff. It's like you're, mm-hmm. you get weirdness of just where you are. Like, because I, I, I re-rolled it the first time. And, like, because yeah. the big thing you need in that game is carbon. And I was like, there's nothing around my ship for miles before because you have to like and i was like i played it for a couple nights and i came back every night and just asking zach like what the, what am i supposed to do i was like i thought it's like yeah you got to get it. i was like i'm just gonna restart it again and then i restarted again and everything was fine because it was everywhere on my second one mm. i was like okay so <laughs> yeah that's uh, and again a that's a kept- problem to solve sometimes you know yeah, the, the resources thing, I felt they've done a better job at managing that. Although, even still, one night I was bitching with Zach about, like, uh, I ended up on some little, mostly water planet, and I c- couldn't find resources to get my jump jets off the ground. And it was just kind of, it's kind of a silly situation I got myself into. But I was like, you know, they still struggle with that, because, like you said, the random gener- generation will allow you to solve everything. Um but that's also kind of the fun bit too, is because I I personally really enjoy like jumping to all those planets, and you know they, that's still the core of it is you go down there and you know they've got weather systems there now. They, you know the the planets even feel more rich, and so discovering what a planet looks like when you first drop in is still a wonderful experience, and they've just improved on that. So yeah, yeah, and that's what I it's it's kind of always hard balance between because I mean I guess their design intention is to make it like um. To make it more survival than power, like <laughs> power fantasy kind of thing, or like, but the problem is, it's like such a cool idea and world that you start going, "I'm cool, spaceman," and then you're like, "Oh, wait a second, I don't have any carbon. I can't take off. I can't <laughs> yeah, I can't. My <laughs> ship can't jump. Like, cause <laughs> that's a yeah, because the survival kind of loop is such a fun one, but." I don't know when you got a thing that looks like an X-wing, you just want to go. Sometimes it's like, man, this sucks. Yeah. Something like blasting rocks. Like you feel like Luke Skywalker at the beginning. <laughs> he was like, man, yeah. Can I just go to the Tashi Station to pick up some power converters? Yeah, that's it. You, you got to do that yeah. sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but like even Zach mentioned, it sucks even when you get to be like super rich and have all the stuff. You still have to mine carbon and certain things. You're like, what the hell am I doing? Like, why am I still? You know. Well. Yeah, but I also found something like you start to develop strategies, and maybe we're getting too far in just play style at this point. But you know, 
like Zach and I would usually set up shop near an outpost on a planet. That way, you know, if they've got a intergalactic market on there, then yeah, I can just buy a lot of that crap. You know, it's like at some point you get so many credits, you're like, why am I harvesting this menial stuff to do this menial task when I could just say, you know, buy a hundred of those and now I've got full jump jets for the next few right. hours, you know? So, I mean, you, you, you it's... It's kind of about like obviously it's a huge resource management game obviously so at some point you just say hey my time is worth more than this money take this money to save me time so but anyway we're getting off into the sort of gameplay which everybody already knows yeah but anyway it's cool my last thought on that is that I still think they I know they couldn't do this because they had Sony money to finish it but if they had mm-hmm. just said a year ago this is the early access version and this is the 1.0 version. I don't think they'd have all the same problems they did PR wise, but anyway, probably not. Yeah, because <laughs> it's kind of what happened, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, anyways, all right. Um, related to games, kind of redoing, um, making good. Have you guys read anything or heard anything? This is kind of vague. <laughs> I have some vague information, like usual. But for the uh, Master Chief Collection, the thing that came out way back when, like four years ago, oh, yeah. five years ago, was it four years ago, on uh, Xbox One when it came out, this is the thing that had Halo 1, Halo 2, Halo 3, um, at the time it was just those three, right? Because yeah, they added some no, stuff four, over time. No, four, it had four, I'm sorry, because five wasn't out they- yet, it had four, and then... It immediately came out, and it was just kind of promised that you could play across the, all the campaigns and multi. Just remastered you know. and looked nice, and yeah, it had the first mm-hmm. one and two remastered, and the other three just kind of looks better on the new hardware. Yeah, and it was kind of neat because you could swap between the render engines with right. a push of a button, first which I thought was two. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could be like, "Hey, this is what this looks like now on the remastered." And then I'd hit that button, like, "Jesus, I played this!" <laughs> right? <laughs> like, this is hard on the eyes. <laughs> but so it's a great thing. I bought it too. This big eighty gig download too. Whatever that time. Oh yeah, it was bigger it was big. than that maybe. Yeah. But. The problem was, like, they people had a lot of issues with it, the netcode of it and everything. Like, that's what people wanted to get on there and play multiplayer, the first and second one. And it, yeah. Apparently, it was a huge mess. When we played it and messed with it, the problem is we never... I never ran, ran into an issue because we just kind of dabbled in it. Like, let's play a couple matches of this, or like this, 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 and then that was it. But apparently, if you really tried to get into it and play it, it had humongous issues with even some of just the game campaign stuff, but also mostly mostly the matchmaking and mostly that kind of multiplayer setup and so right. they tried to do kind of like me and Culpa's after a while they're like yeah we did this and we're trying to fix it they even said they did a whether it's planned or not they put ODST in there and then gave for that for free because I guess they had planned to charge for that so they just said alright everything in here we're going to add to this is free and they just kept nice. kind of making changes and I think they made patches to that multiplayer system I thought this thing was done like I thought they fixed it within that year but apparently it was more of a band-aid because they still couldn't get it the right and it still had issues. And I even heard about it until about a couple of months ago where they said that I heard on a couple of different podcasts they're talking about uh, what they've done now is actually they had to go back in because I guess before Halo, is it Infinite or Infinity? Whatever it is, comes out. Yeah, the new one. Yeah, it's it's one of those two names. I <laughs> yeah, want to we say just in, saw it. We infinite. didn't see it pronounced. But they have... Um, they, they, they're they going back in and they, I guess they said we have to fix this 
So part of 343 Studios has still been working on this, and apparently what they've done, they don't really go into detail on their press release, but a couple other sources, I guess you can find down, track down Twitter and other places, is they, they had to actually go in the, and go into the original code for all these games and actually just kind of rebuild parts of them to retrofit things or make it better, to shore it up together, you know what I mean? Because before they were really taking it in the emulation or whatever, right? And whatever they did to remaster and rebuild the stuff before... But I think whatever new netcode system they have in there, they kind of just had to insert it like into the original source code of these things. So they tried to. Oh, like, interesting. Yeah, like a, a proper like go back and rebuild parts of it to make it actually work with the new. Yeah, I was just kind of scrolling through the article here we were referencing, and um, yeah, there's a lot of networking updates, like uh, updated network transport layer. Yeah, it's kind of big, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, so it sounds like what you're talking about. It's like, you know, they just went in there and sort of gutted the networking systems, right. which, and you know, in way. hindsight, I guess that kind of makes sense because it's like, yeah, you can kind of emulate rendering and stuff. And if something goes a little weird, that's fine. But networking is such a finicky beast already that, you know, trying to emulate or do that on the, I don't want to say cheap, but try to cut corners to do it like, you know. I don't know. I don't want to say that in a disparaging way against them because this is a difficult task they had here. But, you know, it's one of those things where, yeah, maybe we can kind of like, you know, ease our, like, make this easy on ourselves. But it sounds like they had to just, get, like, bite the bullet and go back in and be like, all right, we need to really look at this and make this feel good. So. The patch itself was 70 gigs. That shows you how yeah, much it was huge. <laughs> I had to go delete stuff off my Xbox so I can download it. I haven't gotten the Jeebus. So. It'd be cool to check out. I just think it's interesting from a standpoint of, like, you know, people staying with the thing, especially them, good on them for... Because it sucked if this thing is, like, supposed to be the kind of chronicled collection of this now, you know, and it just was broken. Oh, well, yeah, I want to check this out because I just recently got a 4K TV and I see... Oh, that's what a visual enhancements. Too, right? They made it yeah. and HDR accessible now. Like, even... Yep. Even the third one without actually remastering it which is pretty cool yeah that's that's great yeah because i was like oh i've got an x and all this other stuff so i actually i'll probably check that out again because of all that so so that's neat go to microsoft there's a little trying always a fan (laughs) um hold on let me see so the other one i have a couple little ones in here they're gonna make monument valley a movie i don't know what that is (laughs) I saw that and kind of moved on. I'm like, what? Like, yeah, I don't. What story are you telling there? Remind me. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. It's those are amazing games. They're, they're amazing. really fun. There's just no story but, in it at all. Yeah, it's it's just an experience. You enjoy the feel and you move on. <laughs> right. Um. Now I think we have a little retro section of our outline too. The first one we had in here is a thing I saw. Then Zach put in here is about the uh, some of these this company made a new game, but they made it on the old uh, Sega dev kit oh wow <laughs> like it's an actual it's called tanglewood exercise and nostalgia yeah. and, and you, pain yeah, I guess. Like <laughs> they have a great article just about it and just why they did it and just like how they had to deal with i mean it's a very in-depth kind of what they meant to do and like more so than just the regular homebrew thing but it even shows the like the old dev kit right there it's pretty cool like the sega cd like on bottom because that's not how it worked when i had it when you bought it but um the mega CD. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Like, it's just an interesting... 
Um, this is just it's it, it, what they did, whatever. But like that's awesome. But it's also just an interesting um, insight just for developers to read that article that goes into. Yeah, I always like seeing these dev kits too. They always have all these other things attached to them for debugging and statuses and all that stuff. And it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, all that stuff. I'd never I'd never seen this before. This uh, the Saturn development kit. This is neat. Yeah, all that stuff just. It's just awesome when you start reading about that because even you start reading all the sound effects or all the sound fonts and stuff. They're not less samples because it's four megabytes. Sega Mega Drive cartridges, four megabytes. Yikes! Those are fun days, I guess. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> most most software is so bloated nowadays. It's still that's a very small amount of resources to work with, but. Then I also hear people at work sometimes talking about the, hey, I imported these JavaScript libraries, and that's automatically a 100 meg application. I'm like, just from your libraries. Awesome. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Bloat. Related to Sega City, just another mention, like the Money Valley thing, is that Streets of Rage 4 got announced. Streets of Rage used to be one of my favorite games on the Genesis. Yeah. First and third one are the ones I remember the most. I don't remember the second one as much. But be that's when beat-em-ups were... King, the brawler type mm-hmm. game. Those are the most satisfying games in the world. Just get them to play for a weekend. You finally beat it a night. Oh yeah, because they're not particularly hard. They're just they're kind of like the Destiny or something. Now just like yeah, I'm just grinding, I'm just going forward and giving the story, doing this. They weren't particularly challenging or made you think. They were just like the Ninja Turtle one too. Those are great. Double Dragon. So it's interesting to see. I haven't played one in a. I guess one of the last ones was like Castle Crashers, like in a new context. Those games when they came out, like that was ten years ago, eight years ago now. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. That's a little nostalgia that reminded yeah. me of the Sega. Um, this other one I just saw in here, and I put it on here for you. We're always putting the Doom stories. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, it's a little, little, it's a little you, spot in my heart. Did for you that. see this? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I watched the video of it, too, and it was the most underwhelming thing I've ever seen. And so this guy found the last secret in Doom, supposedly. Doom 2, 24, yeah. years, later, 24 years later. Right. Did you see that video? Did you watch how that happened? I, like, how, how you actually unlocked it? No. I read the article, but I didn't see the <clears> whole video, no. Yeah, so I watched the video of the guy doing it, and I was like, oh, this is probably going to be interesting, and... You know, a lot of the Doom secrets, you know, you go up the wall, it reveals something, you go in there and get a power-up or something like that. This just seems like they had, it it almost seemed like a bug or an error in, like, QA because the way way you unlocked the secret was he got this, like, pain elemental to, like, follow him down a hall. Like, he had to, like, kite that guy to a certain spot on the map and have him sort of... You, or throw a projectile and kind of give him a push next to a certain wall, which kind of supposedly the the way the quote unquote physics I'll say, but just the way the like hit resolution worked, it kind of pushed him a little. But that also for a frame put him down below in this one secret area, then popped him back up. Bottom line, it looks like he just got pushed into a, the right wall at the right time in the right way, and it said a secret is revealed. So you never went into a room or saw a power up or anything. It's just like. It felt like the game, like the the level designer, just kind of had this like secret hanging off to the end that they never finished, and then it ended up in the end game where it was like, oh, you only got twenty four out of twenty five secrets in this level. Well, like, where's the last one? You know, that's because somebody didn't clean up their stuff. That's what it felt like to me. But yeah, so. that's what was fun of reading the like if you read the article. People were like, yeah, they theorized in these groups that because that people found ninety percent of these in like. There's only one, but everybody's like, there's, you know, there's rumors that it's a bug. There's rumors that it didn't exist. It's all this like yeah. lore that's to the kind of 
metaverse of this thing, and then somebody just goes, "Oh, I just moved into that collider a little bit or whatever the box there." Yeah, and it's it's like, oh, there it is. You know, it's like, okay, that's kind of lame. <laughs> I don't know, but it's weird. But that just goes these. The I mean, I just find these incredible. I mean, I always think of this stuff as developers and hope that you could make something that people were 20 years later just kind of running through just to find things and this it's not even like because i guess i didn't know even about all these secrets or what these things were but it's just like yeah it's just a room they're just purest in their form there's no cool like super lore or something it's just like no it's just got something or it's a room that a hidden thing you know yeah like, and okay <laughs> and you're right that is that is the bigger story is like people have been plugging away at this game for that long and finally stumbled into it you know it's like hey that's how long it takes to, st- to like find it all right. so and that it, it was that good a game so so good on that guy yeah good job good job john romero he's he congratulated him um, all right. The next one uh, is the one that I thought was interesting because it's also relative to a game that I know Zach's played a bunch and I've kind of gone through a bunch and looked at a bunch, but Dead Cells. Did you play that? Did you grab that, Ryan? Oh, yeah. I played a bunch of Dead Cells. Yeah. So good. Yeah. yeah. It's really, it looks great. I found it, I think it was earlier, it might have been a year ago when it first came out on Early Access. So I, I mm-hmm. was up on he it. He liked it before it was cool. No, I no. Well, at that Damn time, it. I no, found it no. because it was well because they just talk about it in Giant Bomb and stuff like that. So you you'll see when things come out. But I just thought the animation and the particle effects looked so good. That's like, how do they do this? That's like can't be just too. And I found out that's like a really cool one they've done since then. They've done Gama Sutra post about it about um, it's all three D stuff that they pixelize and do it in oh, a yeah. system so I was like oh that's really neat. it's just they, it, they have their own little pixel renderer thing they built and shows the model that it shows the main character model which is really kind of rudimentary and stuff because it doesn't have to have all this you know detail or texture it's just these big shapes where it's pants and stuff it's kind of interesting yeah well, yeah no it, that is really cool because you know playing the game I was looking at it and I was like you know it it does look like pixel art for a second, but then you start watching the way the light plays off of things, and uh, it, it's like no, you it's obviously three D because you're not gonna just be able to do all that in art. You have some sort of three D lighting model that this stuff is playing off of, but it looks so cool, it's so beautiful. Yeah. So this story is about their the the company Motion Twin. Um, mm-hmm. That's out of I forgot where they are. They're not an American company. They're French or I thought it was France. Yeah. Um, France, right? But they have this yeah. payment model where they have a flat payment system at their company. So he quotes the one of the uh, designer there. He says, "We actually just use a super basic formula. If a project finds success, that's what I wonder about with that system. Though people are paid more in bonuses, and everyone is paid the exact, absolute same way." The devs and artists are paid the same amount of money, and people like me who have been here 17 years are paid the same amount of people who were recruited last year. So they literally do wow. like what people would do on a little project. Bunch of socialists. Where they just split <laughs> it. Commies. I don't get that. The one thing about this is they weren't clear because it said, if the game finds success, you do that? So what does that mean there? Or is it like... If they get enough money to do that sort of idealistic thing, that they'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> but And if not... But, like, what are salaries before that, then? It's like, surely, it's like, is everybody paid the same amount? And then, like, if something finds success... Like, I get, uh, the, I get the sentiment because of that, because it's like, that's how you yeah. do it. If you had, you know, we're all working on a project. It's like, yeah, we're just splitting it three ways. It doesn't matter what we did. We're just, everybody's doing in it. But... 
<laughs> when you have a company, and yeah, if you're if you're not all just like, well, we got millions of dollars, so let's just split it up. I guess that seems like it's cool. But what if like you don't? Like you're saying, you have enough to cover payroll and to get a programmer. Right. Like this says, just say for instance, we're we're biased because programmers. You need to pay them a higher amount. Does that mean you're also paying all those artists that same amount? No, they're they're not. You know, because you know what I mean? there's like. Yeah, yeah, no, I get you, and I, I you know, I feel like wise, that, yeah, I mean. all those sentiments being taken into account, it's like, it's, I understand, it's got to be the like profits, like maybe it's the bonus, success. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's like the like bonus structure is the same for everyone, which I totally on board with because at that point it's like everybody's made something and it was a group effort and that needs to be distributed evenly because that everybody contributed to that. But like leading up to that, it's like sorry, you've got market forces against you there. You know, there's going to be programmers who are going to be like, well, yeah, this other guy's going to pay me. So I get paid less because you're bringing up artists to more. That's great in theory, but I can go somewhere else and get paid more on a project. And I don't know if either is going to succeed. You know, it's you start looking at the raw numbers and it's like, well, you may start hemorrhaging talent in some areas because they're like, well, why would I get paid less here, you know, on the sort of promise that we'll have a successful game. I don't know. There's a lot going into that, but it's an interesting concept. They also talk about how they do that with decision-making, too. It's also a team-based process, I'll be one that doesn't require everybody to sit down. Like small decisions happen, you know, in Slack, or, and then bigger ones, everybody has to meet and have a consensus. If a consensus doesn't merge, they take a vote. Hmm. That one, I, I kind of call BS on because I'm just being around... I, yeah, absolutely. I think there should be flat structures between, like, nobody should be able to... Everybody should... The things where I think flat structures should exist in companies like that is that anybody in that team should be able to address anybody else in the team, you know what I mean, and say, I don't yeah. think that's a good idea, or have feedback, or negative feedback, or whatever. That's where you get weird, where it's like, oh, whoa, you can't say that to him. Because it's like, no, anybody should have problems, and if it can't be kind of hashed yeah. out, but I kind of... I kind of balk a little bit at the, the, when they say, like, well, it's nobody's in charge. It's like, yeah, but even if it's a few group of people, some people have to, with projects like this, they have to have an idea of what it is and what right. they're trying to do. And you need... Even they so they yeah. don't say they have that, I bet you there's somebody in that group that's a bit of a stronger personality and is leading those discussions. You know what I mean? Right. Like, there, there's in no project been somebody who doesn't have some sort of vision. Like, in a, in a project that's very successful doesn't have some sort of vision or idea, and is going to have to trump some of this stuff because design by committee is just never going to, you know, that pure idea of it is never going to get you anywhere because you need people to be able to say, no, that's that's great. I heard you, you know, like like you said, take in all ideas and feedback, but at some point someone's going to say, oh, this doesn't work because of X. Here's the vision and design for this. Here's where that fails against it, you know, because just saying everybody gets together and is like, hey, yeah, this is great. We should all listen to each other. How many man hours are you going to waste listening to every dumb idea like, oh, you know, hey, I kind of want it to, uh, you know, this one brick to explode and do a certain thing because reasons. Well, it goes into specialization, too, at some point, because even if it's a small game, like, there's just so much. I mean, if it's a small team, everybody's got input and everybody can be part of those discussions. But even if you're, like... It almost goes into the point, like, how much do you respect the idea of a game designer or, you know, some kind of project lead just because they're also, it go, It takes a lot for these projects to be even just involved in thinking about and figuring out all these systems. I've talked about all the stuff mm-hmm. we talked about in Destiny or these systems that are in there now. It's like, it takes a lot of 
process and thought, you know, just as much as it does to make a model and you're doing it in best practices or to program, right? We talk about it all the time, all this, we have hundreds of episodes of this podcast about the right ways to do certain things, you know what I mean? And to yeah. like, so it's a lot of thinking when somebody goes, we should do that. And I was like, yeah, but this is why we can't do that because this, 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 and this. It just, it, everybody can't be on that same, you know what I mean? Everybody has to contribute expertise in certain areas or, or, or even just work that they've done in the background to get to that point. Somebody's learned how to spend hundreds, thousands, and millions of hours programming to get to that point where they can deliver. Mm-hmm. So a lot of thought. Goes, so you know what I mean? Like it just, it just take not everybody. That's what I found in huge group situations like that. Everybody, it's good for opinions, but if you're talking about just a consensus and say, yes, we should do that, it requires more thought about the whole thing and where that yeah. affects things. And most people are willing to. <laughs> well, put I'm, in, I'm, you know? I'm also kind of looking at their company a little bit here too, and it's like you know they're 15 people or something like that. Yeah, it so makes a little more sense. That's more conducive there, but obviously you start ramping up. out of Like, you know, they're saying, oh, well, hopefully it becomes more of the norm. It's like, well, never in AAA will that ever be the case, you know, and more than norm, maybe on indie teams, yeah, but, you know, uh, yeah. applying that across the board is never going to work. Yeah. Yeah, I think 50, yeah. That's true. That's a, that's a that's a, that's the perfect point for this. I think yeah, that's a that's max that's stressing the max group size would probably allow for something like this. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, if you guys all knew each other and that was the amount of people and everybody knew the personalities and everybody accepted some people are a little more shy, some people a little more, you could get that. I think. Yeah, you're working with the size of a jury there, so yeah, okay, maybe you know, right? But so good for them yeah. good but, for the success but good, yeah <laughs> very good on them so it worked for here here's the bottom line they found what worked for them and that's the takeaway right. is find out what works for you and how everybody's happy and they made a great game and they're gonna make a lot of money so more power to them yeah they've been, I didn't realize the big headlines for 17 years they've been around for 17 years oh wow I thought this was their first game <laughs> I saw like you know their I did too so <laughs> that's cool interesting um Talked about that. Okay, the last part of the section is a little bit of industry thing. Um, the, the I guess the, the first part of this is the the Unity connection of this. That um, I just saw this the other day when we mentioned this offline. John Riccatello, who's the CEO of Unity, it's been the past like four or five years, right? He um, was at a TechCrunch Disrupt event. Basically, those events they just have all these people come in and sit down and talk and Silicon Valley things. They do them in New York and. Um, San Francisco and stuff like that, but um, he he just they just have discussions and interview him. I've always been impressed how much he does get, you know, what a game engine does. Even just when he talks and stuff, because I've just seen other CEOs that I was like, oh, they don't know what their thing is. They don't really. He's never said anything that made me cringe. I'm like, Ooh, you know, <laughs> um, he's always at least represented it well, you know. Um, but he last time I think I, was, I think it was the first Unite we went to. That was one of the bigger headlines in that presentation was that. They said that half of, or two th- or one third, or half of mobile games at that time were using Unity, and this was 2013. Um, now the big, the big, not announcement, just thing he just mentioned in passing in this is that with their data, um, and they said it's different from platform to platform, the market share, but their market share is basically means on average that half of all games are built on Unity now, which is that's a big deal like with thousands thousand, they mean across from PC to consoles to Switch now too they said like 60% of Switch games are Unity games yeah VR games mobile games yeah, even yeah. it's like a 70% of VR games they said so technically WebGL too yeah so. <laughs> that's true 
So that's pretty crazy. Unity still, yeah. um, still doing it, and and I say that in we talked about why and you mentioned Ryan that it's like because accessibility and it's free and that's what's always been it's it's easy to get started and you know they're getting better with the power they're getting better with some of the pro features I think well honest yeah and honestly it's like the ease of use of it and just kind of like the total package of everything is right there for you because I it, you know work started recently doing some work with HTML5 games and trying to convert some of those for uh, for a project we're doing and you know, you start using some of these other like HTML5 development tools, like uh, you know, Phaser or Play Canvas or things like that. And it really makes you miss Unity a lot. Yeah. <laughs> found because it's like you know, Phaser. I hadn't really used it a I lot, and I may be speaking up. Yeah, I may be speaking out of turn here a little, but it almost kind of reminded me of the X and A days. Oh no, that's why like, I kind of liked it because it was like pretty oh, okay. simple. But yeah, if you're kind of trying to build a project of any size, like I was like making mini games with, like this is fun. Like you actually. I'm drawing and yeah. I'm looping through these things. This is cool, you know, but yeah. Yeah, but anything of any size, yeah, and even Play Canvas feels more Unity-like, but then you get into it and you're like, yeah, you know, I can. it's all in the browser and you can kind of manipulate things the way you would in Unity. Here's the scene hierarchy, blah, blah, blah. And um, But then you just find out how much it is not really that and like, hey, where's my... What about, I want to do some animations. What do I got? Oh, here's a few like JavaScript files for like tweens. Good luck. Right. You know, right. it's like, you know, it just, it starts to fall down so fast, like with the amount of manual crap you have to do. And it's, anyway, that's a separate rant for me. But yeah, I can totally understand why Unity would be 50% of games because it is just easy and it can do, like they said, they can do it on a lot of platforms. So if you decide to branch out, you can. Right. And that's the thing I've always said because, I mean, we, from our work to other places everybody's like Unreal's the other big you know let's use Unreal for this and I still think Unreal would probably might be sometimes be a better choice if you had like <laughs> you knew the and I know this has changed and people are going to get on me because they have all these templates to start with now but in the past it's like well if you're going to make a first person shooter with certain mechanics then yeah because it's already set up for that that's what the game engine's built for you know but like right. e- even to the extent that the old UDK uh, Unreal 3 they didn't have all those niceties of an application that, you know what I mean? You just had a folder, which is their test, like the example scene from um, Unreal Tournament, right? And you just had to copy that, and and all your levels were technically maps of a multiplayer game. You know, like, it was just weird. That's kind of like what Valve stuff is yeah. right now. Yeah, the source stuff <laughs> yeah. is like that, too. It's like, yeah, you're just copying folders, and that's how you make a new project. Like, to take all this junk out of there, it's like, What? But once you get into that, yeah. it's like a really great system for like big studio, you know, with their object management and all that stuff. But it just wasn't set up. The thing about Unity was just so great when I started using it. That it's like, oh, I get it. I just drag something to the scene and put a script on it. Cool. Like, it's just very... <laughs> now you get, It's intuitive. Yeah, and you get yeah. harder problems when you get into, like, bigger systems. But, you know, they, it handles that well, and they're getting better at handling some of those things. And um, But anyway, I thought this was interesting because this is related to the other story I have in here. And this is... Like Unreal. Unreal, like I said, used to be like that. And then, I guess it was two years ago now, they did the UE4, right? Mm-hmm. And their whole model used to be, well, we have this, but if you, it's, it's like a revenue share thing. You've got to pay 20% or all this stuff. Or you have to have a license, which is this big $100,000, you know, whatever it was that this company's had. And the, with coming out with UE4, they saw what Unity was doing. And so they now have the, the nice, you know... Uh, launcher thing. They had like templates. That's when they started the blueprint system. Not saying that's for yeah. Unity, but they made the whole thing accessible for people now, and they made it free after a while too. You did have to pay, and now it's free. 
um, which is, you know, so they're all competing more, which is good. Everybody, it makes everybody better. But they also have an asset store, which Unity has. Um, and the, this is where I started to work, because I like Unity, and I like, I like both of them to do well. But the story I have in here is that what Unreal did is because because of the, you know, elemental force that is Fortnite in the world and around <laughs> us, they just decided what they had in their asset store is basically just like everybody does, where it's like a 30-70 cut, right? Where if you sell an asset, I make a gun, I sell them there. They still they get 30%, I get 70%. That's standard. That's what App Store is and like Apple and things like that. I even think that I even think that's what Steam is, right? Um, yeah, any I think marketplace, so. it's pretty standard. But they just decided, like, well, we got all this Fortnite money. It's like, we don't know what to do with it. <laughs> they're like, we just, it's like when this company was making just on the mobile version, you see the thing where they're making like $100 million a month off the iOS version? Uh-huh. Crazy. Would you say $100 million a month? Sorry, you cut out for a second. Yeah, it's like $100 million a month off just the iOS version. Which yeah, is like crazy amounts of money in that. I was like, that's not even the real, like the PC versions, the you know, the PlayStation. Like, it's just Jesus. They're- that's one platform, <laughs> yeah. one avenue. So, and I and I, this is all. It's like it's you see it in the day, but I see it anecdotally everywhere. Like my cut, my nephew when we were the summer vacation. That's all he did for. <laughs> he's in the Fortnite. I saw him spend. I probably saw him spend forty dollars on it. Well, that during that one week, just getting things. Jeez, and he's during vacation. He had like birthday money, I think. But still, it's like you know what I mean. But that's what all those kids are doing. They spend all their money on the mm-hmm. PlayStation cards so they can get <laughs> new stuff and get the new battle pass thing or whatever. Um, so they got all this money. So Epic decided. So in that Unreal Asset Store, it's like you know what? Instead of that seventy thirty, because I guess they're trying to be competitive for against things like Unity. They said, how about we make it eighty eight twelve percent split? So you get eighty eight. And you, we keep 12%, which is great. That's a great thing. Not only that, they said it's retroactive. <laughs> so yeah. two years... This is how much money we got, folks. Yeah. It's like, there's throwing no, it back at there's you. There's no need they need to do that. Yeah, this is really just some kind of measuring contest. Because like, there's no need to do that. There's no need to do... Nobody expected that. No, no. And they're just like... Nobody would have like <laughs> said, oh, that's awful. They didn't retroact that. That's never heard of. Yeah. <laughs> they were just going like, okay, cool. It's a better... I mean, that's already good news, good PR already. They're like, oh, yeah, we're going to give you more money from now on. Now these people are getting checks. I mean, I don't know what the, you know, the... Honestly, it's probably yeah. It's probably not a ton to them. You know what I mean? It's like because this is the asset store stuff. They're not doing this like retroactive to any sort of like you know licensing engine agreements. So I don't think the thing. I don't. I don't. Who knows? Like their their assets are might not be as popular as the Unity one is. You yeah, know, I don't, but, and it's still cool though. I mean, I don't want to say like, oh, you're just giving it back to the asset store stuff. Well, whatever. No, I mean that's pretty awesome that they're doing that. So. Yes, Epic did not say how much money would be retroactively returned. They company did say that they have have eight million downloads of products from the store, with one million oh, nice. of those being free assets. So, pretty cool. So I just yeah, I don't know if that would affect. I mean, I guess that's a weird way. That's the only way they can strike out against Unity in some kind of way, I guess, because you're like, hey, we have better asset store terms here. I don't know. I kind of feel like the Unreal stuff gets to a level where it's like you do that Unreal stuff and make assets in there because you want to work at a place, you know? I think Unity kind of is yeah. squarely in a... There's smaller studios use it. We use it every day for stuff, and other bigger studios use it, right? But it's like in a much broader indie sense that people use it. Right. I, I feel like just a generic statement here. Like, Unity is that completely indie up to, like, 
you know, mid-tier and maybe bleeds into AAA a little bit. But Epic's more of that, hey, we're firmly AAA and kind of bleed down a little. You know what? There's, right. So there's an overlap of them there, but, you know... You know, most major studios, if they're not going to do their own engine, will go grab a real engine. You know, but any developers be like, "Hey, no, Unity's much easier to use, and it's—I uh, don't know if it's cheaper anymore, but it's just you know, it kind of works for them better." So, as far as price and interface and whatever, because C sharp and no memory management, and blah 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 blah. So yeah, so that's basically it. I still have, I keep putting in every one of our episodes we've done with the past six months. I put Fortnite at the end of this outline. We're going to talk about it one day. Not today, though. I don't think. <laughs> but that, that might be a full episode just cause, just to analyze that whole journey from. We need to play more of yeah. it. I played. I played a little of it, but it's it's just a game that doesn't stick for me. It doesn't I stick don't know. For me like I, to me, yeah. yeah, and we'll get it. I think it might deserve a whole episode. We did one for PUBG. We can do one of that. But just it's a game <laughs> that I I really love watching. Zach I just, watches. I'm just not good day. at it. Yeah. <laughs> But it's just, yeah, to me, I see the end game when I was watching that and I watched the videos that Zach watches and I see my nephew play it and I'm like, it's all the building at the end. It's like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do yeah. that. Like, That's what kills it for me. If it like, was just shooting, I'd be like, yeah, I sucked at PUBG, but I stuck with it. We finally got a chicken dinner. You know, but this, I'm like, I've got to build the survival at the end. It feels like glitching you know. the game to me at the end. Like, you know what I mean? The way you build yeah. stuff to make it work. It doesn't feel like it's solid or you can even follow what's happening if you're watching someone. I was like, but that... I get it. We're old, and but <laughs> yeah, it's the game I played. Where's my real gun? Let's just end this. My day. Why isn't shooting just enough? Yeah. Well, you got to bring construction in. I remember, man, when you could just shoot a man, and that'd be enough. <laughs> so now you got to destroy what he's created, then shoot him. Yeah. It just yeah. So we'll talk about that. We'll get that. We'll get Obina's taking that because that was his. Because I think when we did the, <laughs> that's what's funny because when we did that next big thing episode like eight months ago, we talked about that and that was still when PUBG was like, it was right before the huge crest into full on mainstream, you know, battle royale is the thing. Well, yeah. Fortnite the thing. It was right before Fortnite took over. I think when we did that episode, so we're like, yeah, PUBG is great it now, but. Because it was like, hey, everybody's game of the year and all that stuff. And then, and then after that, it's like, bye, PUBG. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, no, and that that's, you know, that's that's another good point to that next big thing is like, here comes the uh, Me Too-isms. Like, did you hear about like uh, like Battlefield and Black Ops oh, yeah, and all that, these people now? I want to see that, yeah. Yeah, and I mean... It, it, it's interesting, right? But now this is because now this has become a de facto mode, like deathmatch. You know, it's like oh, it's like deathmatch used to be like, you know, it was a uh, revolution when it first happened with Doom, and then everyone had it. But then they started creating new modes, that, you know, kind of like CTF and things like that. But now this mode, battle royale, is the new deathmatch, where it's like, oh, we we gotta have a battle royale mode, or else nobody's gonna play our multiplayer. Yeah, and that's so. why I think it'd be interesting. We might do a second version of that to look for that because. The, if we just go back, all of us listen to that episode, <laughs> what we'd said in that one, and then say it in the context of this, it's like, because even now, have we gone past the point where Battle Royale matters, or just Fortnite has swallowed everything up? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's a cute little mode you got there. It's not going to touch this, though. Like, that's why I kind of feel where we are now. It just leapfrogged to just that is the game now. So. Yeah. Yeah, that, that'll be, uh, it's, that, that would be a good conversation because I do feel like, you know, it'll help sell some games and it'll, it'll be fun, but it's, I don't I know don't of anything feel, that's going to touch this. But I also, yeah, we get, we're going to start talking about it too much now, but I also feel like the things I don't like about Fortnite, the things that I love about PUBG, 
like where it feels like oh this is battle royale there's 200 people here this is dangerous those are the things like fortnite doesn't like the battle royaleness of fortnite doesn't matter to me you know what i mean like oh we're just here shooting and doing this thing and pounding these things. like mm-hmm. it has so much stuff that makes it just the same things that i like about PUBG and like about that mode i don't feel are present in fortnite that's maybe why it just comes comes off as some other thing to me i'm like yeah i guess this is different i don't know so we'll talk about it then yeah yeah not to go down a rabbit hole but i definitely feel like like PUBG, just the ultra militarism of it, and like it, just, it just feels it's more dangerous than there. Fortnite. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of like, oh God, and okay. it kind of gets my heart rate up, and I'm like, I kind of like that now. And I, yeah, <laughs> so. if, yeah, it feels more like a horror survival type of thing in a way. Right. So yeah. we'll reanalyze that. I think it was a year ago we analyzed PUBG in that same sense. So we'll reanalyze that. We'll hit that again. All right. Well, that's it for today. In the meantime, if you want to enjoy banter and sharing your stuff you're working on and tips and help you out with problems you can go to our facebook group the debug lounge you just search for that on facebook and we'll add you to it got a bunch of people in there and a bunch of activity at all times so um it's pretty good we also have a patreon page you just go to patreon.com slash the debug log and we have a few different a couple little perks in there mainly just that you get the episode early and it's going to be in the patreon feed stuff we might post in there but that helps us out with a couple of bandwidth things we have every month. Um, so, yeah, that's good. It's a lot of news, guys. I think I have, like, eight more things we could talk about. We'll save that for next time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we I could go for another hour about a lot of these discussions, but yeah. 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 We'll do it up. And, anyway, we're going to start working on some other ones, start some more topic ones soon. We've had a busy summer. But now I'm excited to get back into this, so... To be cool. So until next time, you can find me at Andrew underscore Curry. That's C-U-R-R-I-E. And I'm at Wookie Jumper 42. I had to think about that for a second. That <laughs> shows how much we use our Twitter. Yeah, um, yeah and I'm at R-E- <laughs> I'm at R-E- Kilgore, K-I-L-L-G-O-R-E. Yes, I do not say a lot on there. I'm a lurker. So. <laughs> I mean, maybe we should figure out at some point to do something different because I noticed the other day I was like, oh, I've got some followers. I was like, oh, yeah, we say it on the show every time. It's like, I haven't said anything in a year. Okay. Yeah. We'll work on that. Well, Well, until next time, goodbye. Yes. Talk to you later. Bye.